Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Lots of times we do part twos to our podcast because the women that we invite on to be guests, and I should, we have men once in a while, but I don't know as many interesting men as I know interesting women. I can't help it. So we're having a part two today to our friend, Elisa Green, a chef, a cookbook author, a James Beard Award winner, a culinary tour, a restaurant consultant. Welcome, madam. It's so lovely to see you again. Wonderful to be here, Denise. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, I feel honored to be here. Well, I have an ulterior motive because, and we'll only speak of this for a moment, and then I want to hear, because I know you're working on another book with your return client, which is wonderful. And I know that you keep busy, but I, when I get your newsletter from your website and I can read about your culinary tours, I think to myself, oh, I'm going to go on one of these. Okay. I'm going to join, I'm going to join Lisa because this will be too much fun. So we'll talk about that, but I need our audience to know you and I, found ourselves on a bus in India on a tour led by a woman whose name will remain a secret, unless you want to private message me anybody, then I'd be glad to tell you, no. And it was called later on the Titanic Land Cruise because it was without a doubt probably the most ill-prepared tour in the world because the woman who ran it you guys she i know she had um really evil intentions because <laughs> if you never knew this alisa did you know that she she put together that tour we all paid our money whatever it was eight, eight ten thousand dollars i mean it was a long tour it was for two weeks and that included hotel we each were responsible for our airfare but she was basically a Brahmin princess. And I don't think a Brahmin princess is prepared to keep 30 busy women and educate them and help them. That's all I, I can say. But did you, I need to say one thing. Did you know that she was planning to go back with her family to India? So she used our tour to get there. And when she wasn't with us, she was looking at property and making deals in other places. Oh. You know, I, I don't really want to talk about negative things. I will say, though, well, see, you're that, better you know, than I am. it wasn't a good personality. It wasn't a good match of personality to the task that was, uh, although I had amazing experiences and, and actually led me, it was really part of the inspiration for me doing my own culinary tours. Well, and I actually did bring a, a group back to India in 2017, a different part of, of India. And I learned, I did learn amazing things on there. Plus I got to spend time with you and some of the other wonderful women that were on the tour. Yeah. And we had lots of stories to tell. Okay. So I, I will just kind of leave it at that. Um, right. You have turned that negative into a positive. And obviously you're much more mature than I am and grown up. <laughs> and you no. know, who is it? And who damn well isn't? So I can live with that. I will say this, when you're on a bus for 14, 15, 16 days, and I don't mean like an air conditioned, gorgeous luxury bus, I mean an old dumpy bus, and you're with 30 women 
interested in travel and food. Do you know what I mean? That's who it was. Most of us were pros. There were one or two women that were not, but just wanted to learn more about Indian food, but they were so much fun. I agree with you. I met people on that tour that are still my friends and we right. laugh like mad, but I had some of the greatest adventures of my life on that tour. And, and I will say something else. India is a very challenging place to bring a group to. Oh. A very the culture is so different. There are so many things to get used to, and you know, in general, it it it's not it's just not an easy thing for anybody to do. That um, is but a wonderful thing to say, and the truth. And I will say this: when I love a place, and then we're going to talk about your upcoming tour and your the things you take people to. When I love some place, I usually go back. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I can't wait. After we left the tour that you and I were on, Katie and I, Katie Geck, if you remember Katie Geck, she's still a consultant, mm -hmm. food stylist in New York. She's one of my dearest friends. We text each other all the time. We took the train, the Maharani train, across, went flew to Delhi and then did all of the palaces. Um, mm -hmm. Palace on Wheels, it's called. And so the good news was after two weeks of crazy making stuff, we were then two princesses on this train and waited on like Maharani's. We were like princesses, but you know what? I, and then I stayed for a little while longer. I was gone about 40 days in India. And because I thought to myself, I may never make it back here with exactly what you're talking about. I love it. I love the place, but it's it's much more difficult to negotiate than other spots in the world. Yes. Well, that's right. And you had an incredible experience on that uh, that train. Oh. I remember hearing about that, thinking, oh my gosh, wow. So we, lucky to be, and you did it in the right order. You did the yeah. bad one first and then the good one. Yes. So, you know, think of how much more you appreciated it by being able to contrast. Oh, it's true. So I, I do have a friend. I do have a friend that wants to go to Nepal and now that's changed. So we might fly to Delhi and then go to Nepal. Do you know what I mean? And that's, and not, but I, I, I had, I agree with you and your comments are perfect. India is one of the most fascinating places in the world. Incredible. So um, part of my, uh, I don't know, later on realizing that, you know, it was time for another life change. I talked to the earlier interview about doing the food styling and the writing and the cookbooks and consulting. And then I actually did go back to uh, uh, chef work and running a kind of like back into the beginning again, where you started in catering, running a whole catering operation at a fascinating place called Material Culture, which I did for about seven years. They had things from all over the world. I was, it was such a creative environment. I mean, it had its big challenges, but again, I learned so much and the people that I came in contact with, there was nothing like, you know, making people happy when yeah. it was a lot of weddings and there's, it's a very intimate relationship. And people, they were, we were known for multicultural weddings. So people, you know, I had the, the Trinidad wedding. I had the, the, the guy from Cambodia that came in the kitchen with his mother to work. I had the Ukrainian wedding. I had Trinidadian wedding. I had 
Israeli wedding. I had Mexican. I mean, every kind of thing you can think of. Lebanese, of just on and on. Thai, Chinese, Korean, all but people, especially if they were marrying what people from two different, very different backgrounds, they would often come there. Because if an Indian person is marrying another Indian person, they would go to an Indian caterer. But an Indian person marrying an Indian person marrying a Westerner would be likely to come there because I was able to cook that food and I love being able to customize. So I did that. But in the meantime, that was seasonal. And so I had around, uh, let's see, we went on that tour in, uh, I think, 2007. I think if like I'm right. So about 15 years ago. And around after that time, I decided I wanted to, I went on another tour where I was also, you know, a guest that was to, that was with Slow Food and that was to Campania, Italy, mm. gorgeous part of Italy. I came back from both of those deciding that I wanted to do it for myself. So in order to, to you know, learn more about it, I went to, there was a school in San Francisco, International Tour Management Institute that does courses. So I went out to there and I did this course. It really, a lot of it I was not that relevant to culinary, but a lot of the tour basics, it gave me confidence. Yes. And then uh, I, you know, so it gave me a way to get started. And so I started doing, my first tour was to uh, Marema and Umbria in Italy. And I had Italian friends uh, through personal connections and we more or less uh, did it ourselves, but there was a, a man, a gentleman that I met uh, who was also doing culinary tours that gave me a lot of help. Again, you know, everybody needs help from somebody. And, you know, this, I was very grateful to him for, you know, sharing his knowledge. And unfortunately he's passed away since then, but it really, I would never have happened without him. That was Harold Partain, just a wonderful human being. And uh, so I did that one. Then I did another tour in um, Puglia in Southern Italy. I felt comfortable in Italy because I've, as I said before, I studied the language and I love speaking the language. Um, so, and from that, I started to expand. I had always wanted to uh, go to Morocco. Uh, so I did, I found a local company to work with. I did four tours in Morocco, two back to back. <laughs> in one year and then continue to that. And I'm actually doing returning to Morocco uh, in February. I'm just planning that tour right now. Uh, I also did another India tour, but more in the area that you were at Golden Triangle with the palaces, yes. Jaipur, Delhi. But we also went to Lucknow, a city that I loved. And we went to Varanasi, which was a whole other world. That's the city mm -hmm. on the Ganges. What Mother Ganges, really the oldest part of India, the most traditional. So uh quite uh you know it had its challenges but the the company that i worked with over there was quite wonderful and they i just love working with them uh so uh that was kipling uh excellent excellent company so i would find local partners to work with uh really? to handle some of the you know the the, the details and um then there was i had a little bit of a break because of uh personal uh, I had my husband was very ill for a number of years, so I really couldn't go away. And then he passed away. And so I lost some time in between. But then uh, starting in 2017, I went back to it uh, with the, the India tour. Then in 18, I did uh, Morocco. And then I went to Israel. I've now done two and I'm going my third in, uh, Israel tour, which will be in November. 
and we also did Petra. So we went into Jordan. Mm. Uh, and I, um, let's see what else. I also actually, because you asked, I know one of the questions you were asking was how did COVID uh, affect the tours? Oh my God, you must So after, you know, so I decided, one thing is I decided that um, my, the the catering uh, job ended for various reasons. Uh, It was the right time. And I decided in order to be able to expand, I really needed to find a partner to work with. And so through uh, a food world, connection. A woman that I know had a friend who has been running a tour company called Celestial Voyagers. That's where you'll find all the details and uh, everything is on my website, but the actual registration and terms and conditions is on the Celestial Voyagers website. Her name is Francoise Cournou. She's a native of Provence. And uh, she had been running uh, academic tours for many, many years. She's very highly trained, very experienced in tours. And, you know, it's a natural segue to, and plus their French background, you know, into doing culinary tours, which is a fairly new, you know, even hasn't been around for, you know, probably two decades that people have been actually going on culinary tours. And some of the organizations were some of the first to be doing those kinds of things. So we've been partnering and we had a whole schedule, but of course, you know, COVID came along. I did, however, miraculously enough, got to do two tours in early 2020. I went to Morocco in the beginning of February and from Morocco, I flew to Israel and I did another tour in Israel. Then I went to uh, went to Jordan, we went to Petro, but part of the group came back. We were already starting to hear about COVID, but I had my ticket to go to Italy to spend time with some friends there. So what should I do? Should I fly home? Should I go there? I finally decided to go and got there. But by that time, it, you know, COVID was all over Northern Italy. They were in Orvieto. Mm-hmm. So we basically just stayed in the town. We canceled everything else. You know, it was very limited kind of trip. I left Italy on March 4th, flew home. They were going to follow me a week later because they had been living there and they were going to come back to the States on March 9th, all all. Um, all flights out were canceled. Uh, they ended up having to stay in Italy another four and a half months until they were able to leave. Wow. And I got, you know, March 4th and March 13th, we started lockdown. So, you know, somehow that happened. Uh, but of course, the rest of 2020 was gone, whatever. And yeah. then into 2021, I actually, we did our first tour together in uh, October of last year, 2021 with a small group uh, just to really, just to see what it was like and just to actually get to do it. Uh, We knew that we wouldn't get a full, you know, uh, people were too nervous to a lot of people sign up, but we did go and it was an amazing experience. We had no problems at all. Uh, So that really gave me the confidence to to do that. And then, uh, you know, I have the next one is Sicily and I'm actually leaving on Friday to do the Sicily, which is the first tour of 2022. And you are, I'm telling you, when you told me that, when I first contacted you said, can you do, can you be on the podcast and we do it Tuesday? And then you said, oh, I leave for Sicily on Friday. And I thought, now this is an organized personality that can spend two hours talking to me when she's going on a major trip in two and a half days. But when, well, 
listening to you, all I can think about is the Energizer Bunny. That's what I'm visualizing. Because <laughs> you really are the Energizing Bunny. And it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Well, Part of being a woman beyond a certain age, I say this all the time, I've stepped away. I, Cindy took over the food styling clients that we still had. I, if I never, I mean, I style stuff for myself. But if I never go to a set again or work on someone else's product or anything, I, I it, it'd be too soon. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like I did it. I We made right. money. We had huge clients. It was all wonderful. And then one day I just thought, I'm so done with this. Do you know what I mean? It's enough already. It, it's enough already. It's and just also, enough already. You know, and also my husband, we had moved. We had sold both our houses. And then we moved here to Ventura. So I'm not in L anymore. I'm surrounded by hummingbirds and artichokes and it's quiet and um we have bought a bigger home so we it's like two apartments I say that we're together but we have a lot of privacy and you know what I don't miss any of it I just don't right. I want to travel again because I do I've, I'm used to traveling a lot but it's an amazing thing the changes and the transformation that you go in go through that's well, what writing about true getting older I think it's, I mean, for me, some of the things that I miss, there are definitely things that I miss. I miss some of the chef, the chef part and also being recognized as a chef and people, oh, you know, here you are. and Oh, come and sit here. And, you know, the special treatment and everybody <laughs> wants to be, you know, we're like, we all want to be princesses or whatever that is. But, you know, I, I was very proud of my accomplishments. And so it's a little bit hard to not be that person anymore. You have to give that up. You have but to, then the um, things that I love, the things that I love about it, and I will always love the, the food business. No, I don't need to go in and be, you know, have whatever, worry about a staff of who, you know, how many people and who's going to show up and who's going to quit and what kind of, you know, what are today's emergencies, things like that. And, you know, again, I was doing it up until two years ago. So, I, you know, it was, it was really it was time to really say, you know, that stage of life is over. But the things that I do love, I love the writing, I love the travel. So I started to do the tours as a way for me to travel myself and also to be able to share, you know, through this lifetime of working in food and travel and writing and being a really curious person. Uh, I'm a, I love to teach, I love to do demos, anything that I'm in front of people. So being able to be a tour leader and plan the tour you know, what is it that, I, what are the things that I learned from the ones that I've been on, the ones that I've done myself, because this is now number 11 or 12 that I'm wow. um, running wow. Sicily. So, you know, you have to learn something from each thing. And it's not as though, you know, they were all perfect or they didn't have issues. You know, you're dealing with human beings. So yes. things will happen. You're also in a, you know, different country and flights can get canceled and people can get sick and all sorts of things that you you know, you have to be uh, willing and able to handle whatever, you know, whatever life throws at you. But that's just like, uh, well, I, you're just, it's an extension of your live television. It's an extension. It is an extension. It's so, it's so true. We're in Italy years ago. My husband and I are in Italy and you know, the Italians and it's just, we were in, coming on the, the milk run train from Milan to get back to Venice. They're stopping at every single little place. Of course, it was, we got on the wrong train. You know, we should have, but 
make a long story short, all of a sudden, one piece of wood on the track seems to have come, I mean it, a little loose. The train comes to a stop. 13 people, Italians all have to get out and look at the piece of wood. And everybody's <laughs> talking and everybody's screaming and the passengers are saying, how long will it be? Everybody was just all excitable. I get off the train, I go out there. I say to my husband, this could be fixed with another piece, a brace. And, you know, a little, you know, really, I could put my emery board there and probably fix this. And I'm out there and I'm saying to these two men, you can fix this. Okay, we can fix this. You got a hammer, you got a couple of nails. And my husband keeps saying to people, she's a caterer. She can fix anything. She'll fix anything. But it's, that's why I love food because almost everything we've ever done is just an extent. We just keep extending what we are, the talent we already have. Well, that's true. And, it, and the ability to uh, really come up with a solution, whatever. And the problem is you come up with some kind of plan. Who comes uh, certainly live television. Yes. Who What's comes that? on your tours? Who comes on your tours? Who comes on my tours? Well, uh, certainly it's been some people that I know uh, and then friends of theirs. Certainly word of mouth is the primary way that I'm going to get that because the tours are generally, you know, they they're about maybe $6,000 for about 10 days. That's about, that's pretty typical. Yeah. But you know, that's so, it's, you know, you're getting people to spend a decent amount of money. So they can't, I can't say, you know, take a giant ad somewhere and say, come on my tour, you know, I'm really great. It has to be, and people are going to believe it when their friends went and they, they said, or their friends of friends. So firsthand, secondhand, thirdhand. And I've had, I would say maybe 50% of the people have been on two and some of them have even come on three tours with me already. Wonderful. So that is to me a real, you know, it's, it's definitely a vote of confidence. Uh, and I've had, I would say, very well-educated people. Uh, people that come on a culinary tour are people that have generally been traveling. Uh, it's not the you know, it's not their first time around the block or around the world. Although there was one gentleman that came on the India tour, he came with his, he came with his ex-wife that they were just darling together. They used to hold hands. They got along so well now that they weren't married anywhere. He had never been out in the United States and he oh came to God. India on the first time. So that was, I was like, gave him a lot of credit and he had a wonderful time. But in general, you know, it, people have been, uh, you know, they've been traveling a lot because it has a specific interest. Yes. Some of the people are professionals, you know, some of them are chefs or they're caterers or they're food stylists or they're writers. Lovely. But not, you know, not the, not, it's not the majority of them because it's not through a culinary organization where, you know, you would expect everybody would be. But people that have a certain interest, plus it's just, I believe, I'm just a big believer in travel with a focus. So it makes a trip much more interesting. It doesn't have to be a culinary tour. It could be an architecture tour. It could be a photography tour. It could be an art tour. It could be an archaeology tour. All of those kinds of things give you just a, a way to focus so you're not just all over the place. Yes. You have some depth to it. Yes. And we do spend, you know, I try to do at least two days, sometimes three days or even four days in one place, not too much moving around. Every tour, you know, now I have more of a template. Every tour has two to three hands-on cooking classes in different locations. Very important to have that. Every tour has a winery visit. 
or some other kind of spirit. Uh, so there's some kind of beverage thing. Every tour has farm visit, market visit, uh, some kind of a tasting tour, talks by different people. And then a lot of history and culture is part of it as well. So, you know, in Sicily, we have two hands-on cooking classes, a, a demo cooking class, a winery visit with a picnic in the vineyard on the slopes of Mount Etna, uh, a, a demo of the special chocolate that they make only in one part of Italy that's very similar to the chocolate in Oaxaca, that's in Modica, mm -hmm. of the same stone ground kind of chocolate, uh, the couscous in Trapani, the bread in, Mon in Monreale, the markets in Palermo, the market in Taormina. So those are, um, you know, kind of typical and the group sizes I keep, the largest group I've ever had was 15. Most of them are around like probably around 12. Uh, it's gonna take a little while to build the numbers back up just because, you know, first we had COVID and all the fears and then we had Omicron and then we had blah, blah, blah. Now we have, you know, unfortunately the tragedy in Ukraine which has gotten people, you know, very nervous for whatever reason. Uh, of course, if you travel to a place like Israel, you know that there are things that are going on there. So there's always the political international situation that you have to deal with. And I only am doing international tours. I so this year, the other ones that I have are, um, I'm going back to Greece, which was, oh my God, what an incredible trip that was. So we have three Greek islands, Crete, Santorini, and Naxos, and then a few days in Athens. Um, each very, very different. And we stay in a, a farm in like agriturismo they have in Italy where they, you know, mm. it's a way to make farms profitable as they turn them into inns, but then you eat everything that's raised on the farm and you go and you walk around and they have the things that are growing, the animals and the eggs come, you know, right from the chickens. And, you know, so you're eating absolutely wonderful stuff, but it's, you know, unpretentious. I'm not one for a lot of, you know, pretentiousness or, formality or things like that. So I have the Greek tour in, uh, I think that's October 6th to 17th. And then following that is Provence. And actually my tour partner, Francoise Cornu is from Provence. So that's gonna be a wonderful trip because she's very uh, knowledgeable about that part of the world. Uh, and, you know, truffle hunting and going to the new, uh, the Frank Gehry, um, Luma, which is in Arles, the new art center, and Les mm -hmm. Beaux with the quarries. And so we always have a lot of art and history and archaeology and culture along with the travel part of it. So that's Provence. And then the last one will be the third one back to Israel. Very multicultural tour, uh, you know, with every culture that you can think of is represented there. And then we move on to 2023. And 2023 is when I really expect things will uh you know are going to pick up and yeah. for uh you know as i built because like the the newsletter i've only been doing that for maybe six or eight months i decided that i wanted to do a newsletter but it can't be just you know hey come on my tour i have to give something and Absolutely. so i started doing recipe of the month and that's a lot of fun for me uh I, through my books and through the things tool you know testing and whatever i'm working on I'm sure I have a library of 2000 recipes, you know, maybe more. And so it gives me a chance to, you know, think about the recipes and what's interesting about them and what's the background and what can people learn from there. And then, you know, hope to build up the mailing list. And I hope that um, listeners will uh, go to my website and sign up or send me a, a, um, 
can send a message. I have a great uh, email address, which is spice at elisagreen.com. Oh, so that, you know, you can either go through the website, which is just my name, or they can send a message directly and sign up. And I try not to, you know, overdo it because like everybody else, you know, I don't want to have 7,500 newsletters coming in my inbox every day. So I want to have something that's valuable uh, that will, you know, it's going to be interesting for people, learn something, it's stimulating. Absolutely. Actually, I love people's newsletters. If they're not good, I, you know, I unsubscribe immediately. But when I get like yours, I read it this morning. I have several that I read. I read like throughout the week and I think, God, this is a good newsletter. And we did a newsletter for about, I had a newsletter from the Denise Favaldo group or originally food fanatics for like 20 years. Oh, I know. I know you did. We just stopped it because I said to Cindy, I'm done with this. How about you? And she said, okay. But, (laughs) and that was it. But I have to tell you, the, the newsletters, and this is for people, and I think this should be for all, all of our listeners. I think if anything that mommy bloggers taught us is that they found a way to make money in a job from their kitchens, taking care of their children. This was the most entrepreneurial part of blogging to me, which is brilliant. But I think if you do whatever you do, you're doing tours now, but why shouldn't you have a newsletter? Do you know what I mean? And when you give someone an absolutely wonderful recipe that they know that works and you give them the culture behind it, I mean, that's just a gift. Well, and also I make it very, you know, anybody that writes to me, I respond. I get questions. Of course. You know, I still get questions about things, recipes from 20, 30 years. It's like, oh, you still, you have my book and you're still using it. Doesn't that feel good? So, you know, and then, and and I'm also now, I think I mentioned that I'm working on my second Aruba cookbook. It's amazing. Uh, this is uh, such an, a, a beautiful project. I'm just having a blast doing it. I love going there. I love the people that I'm working with and getting to know all the chefs and now the farmers and the home cooks and it's very multicultural. But because of that, I'm now going to be doing uh, a, when the book comes out, I want to do a culinary tour that'll be partly in Aruba and partly in Curacao. So Perfect. we'll go to two islands. And I think that that's going to be fantastic. So next year, I probably, I think I have maybe six tours or somewhere between six and eight tours that are planned for 2023. And I hope that, you know, we, we none of us know what the world is going to bring us. And we, one thing we all learn from COVID is pivoting and, you know, being able to, you know, make plans and change them and change it into something else. And if that doesn't work, then you do something else. And then, you decide what else it is and, you know, try to make opportunity wherever you can. But, you know, we have to be ready to, uh, you know, accept that things are not going to always go as planned. That's that, the, that's probably the main lesson. And I, <laughs> that is a big lesson. I think in the bigger picture, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. I don't think our lives go as planned. Do you know what I mean? And as I've been yes. writing these pages of uh, new pages for my memoir, it's so different than when I when I first started like 10 years ago and I read that. 
And it's more apparent to me now with what you and I talked about in both these podcasts, that sometimes it was sitting next to the right person at a luncheon that gave you an opportunity. Or I know for me, COVID has given me an opportunity to just slow down and live my life because I've never, I hadn't done that in like 40 years. Do you know what I mean? Slow down and smell the roses or whatever, or listen to the birds, right? And read <laughs> newsletters, you know what I mean? And read <laughs> I never used to do any of that. And I cook dinner now every night for me and my husband. I didn't cook when I was styling all those years. We got takeout food. Cindy might have tested a recipe. I saved one portion for my husband. And sometimes you take a bite out of it and say, this was a test, wasn't it? And I say, okay, oh, it's not there yet. It's not there yet. We're getting there. So I know for me that COVID has given me, I agree with you. I, we don't know how things are going to go out, but you better make every day count because we don't know how much time we've got. Well, for sure. And, you know, something that it makes me think about now is I have a big birthday coming up. So, you know, kind of look back. Plus, I lost my mom uh, just about this time last year, which was, you know, obviously very hard. I mean, she had a, a very long life. She was very accomplished. I'm very proud of her. But nonetheless, you know, it's that's and I'm the last remaining alive of my nuclear family. Now. Oh, yeah. So. That's you know, it's, it just gives you a lot of things to think about yes. um, and, you know, what you're going to accomplish, what's meaningful, what, uh, what you're going to do with your time. And one of the things that comes to me is that for us women beyond a certain age, whatever that is, we have to think of ourselves. We are the survivors. We're the ones that made it this far because all of us have lost so many yeah. have, you know, along the way through every, you know, every kind of thing you can think of that has happened. And, you know, a lot of tragedies, a lot of illnesses, all kinds of things happen. So, you know, maybe we're not as fast, or maybe we have a few more wrinkles, or maybe, you know, all kinds of things that you might, oh, I wish I was like this or that. But on the other hand, here we are. And look at us, we are vibrant, we're lively, we laugh, we have friends, we have plans, we enjoy ourselves, and we make the most of our time. And that's so important. We have to totally appreciate the fact that we have that time and that make the most of that. You make me cry. That was so beautifully said because you said it. Now I was going to say we're still standing. <laughs> that's where we are. We're still standing. Honey, thank you so much for your valuable time. I cannot thank you enough. People are going to go to your website and hopefully sign up for your newsletter. And I know this, we're going to talk to you again because I'm not kidding. I would love to go on your Portugal tour. Um, I've been in to March. Portugal in, in March of 2023. It's perfect timing for me. Um, I have to look into it and talk to you again. But I, I was in Portugal for a week by myself and I had the best time. And I thought, I'm coming back here. Do you know what I mean? I'm coming back here. Well, Denise, I will tell you that you and I can have a blast. <laughs> we get to travel again together. We had a wonderful time in that other tour. Thank so, you. you know, imagine if we have, you know, uh, just that experience. And again, I was talking about the people that come educated, interesting. Everybody has a story. Everybody likes to share. Yeah. I've had some difficult people on some of the tours, but really 
I've been so lucky. There's been so many friendships that have developed out of that. Lovely. Two people that got married on a tour and everybody on the tour was invited to the wedding. Uh, this was a person that was getting married for the first time at age 70. Uh, oh. So that was a, just a, you know, it was absolutely a beautiful, beautiful moment. And her mom had come on another tour of mine. So, you know, that, so the, it's just that I feel like for me, it's a way of expanding my social horizons Yes. Uh, and being able to share, you know, just these, these memories that we will, you know, that's our treasure is our memories. That's exactly. So hope you'll be able to come. And I hope that listeners have enjoyed this talk because I've certainly had a wonderful time talking to you, Denise. Thank and you. we'll do it again. Now, people want to reach out to us. It's womenbeyond at iCloud.com. We put all the information for Elisa on the website. We put, we flaunt it everywhere, madam. We flaunt <laughs> your information everywhere. Cindy takes care of it. I really, I cannot thank you enough. I'm going to be in touch with you again. And of course, you can come back next year and tell us what else you're doing. Because I have a feeling you have got another career in you, madam. I mean, you're, you're the energizer. Why not? Now, I feel a little guilty that when we hang up, I'm just going to go probably watch my Bonanza episode and make myself a sandwich. I don't seem to have near the ambition that you have right now, but you've inspired me. Thank you so much. Good. Well, thank you. And thank you, Cindy, as always. And reach out to us. Lots of times people don't want to leave a message on the website or on the Facebook page. And that's fine. They're more private. And they send us a, a private message. And we love it. So thank you so much. Take care. Have a wonderful time in Sicily. Oh, I certainly plan to. All right. Terrific to talk to you. Thank you, Cindy. Bye, honey. Bye-bye.